This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> being a creative isn't easy. However, it does become easier to manage and develop a deeper connection with the taste of three techniques to enhance our creativity through Sydney Melnick's one-on-one -on -one creative sessions. Are you giving yourself enough time for rest in your routine? Rest are pauses in our day to recharge our creativity when we have a creative block, are having anxious thoughts, feeling stuck on a problem, or needing to remove ourselves from our workspace. Another much-needed aspect of Sydney's work is inner exploration. The more we learn about our inner world, the more we understand our authentic self and the path we are searching for. As an individual, we have internal selves that are present with us without us consciously being aware, such as the people pleaser, the vulnerable child, the inner child, and the most daunting one, the inner critic. Most of us have a workspace, but do you have a creative space to help with your visualization process? Having a creative space is helping reset our minds to hold on to the meaningful moments that are happening in our life. This space is where we learn to feel safe, heal, and manage our stress. Imagery doesn't have to be representational drawings. It can be quotes, colors, shapes, or even found objects to remind ourselves how far we are becoming on our journey. Valeria Telles interviews Sydney Melnick, a founder and owner of My Creative Relief, art therapist, MPS, ATRP, creative coach and speaker. Sydney Melnick helps creatives that feel burnt out in their lifestyle and want to provide a positive and balanced well-being. Meet Sydney at mycreativerelief.com. Here's the interview with Sydney Melnick. In your own words, who is Sydney Melnick? So me, as Sydney Melnick, I am an art therapist and a creative coach. I'm the owner of My Creative Relief, and I founded it as well because I just love helping creatives that are feeling burnt out in their lifestyle and want to take more of this positive and balanced well-being. Um, yeah. And what inspired you to create these projects or these companies and to do what you do today, Sydney? I think it like came back from when I was in grad school to study art therapy. And I always struggled with the traditional job of nine to five. I always felt like it wasn't fitting my needs, but I did it because that was part of 
what all of us did. And there was still like a voice in the back of my mind saying, you got to use your creativity more. You got to develop what you want to do. And that kept like screaming to me in a way of just listening to it. And, you know, I didn't come from a business background, a marketing background or anything. I mean, that's something that I wasn't really taught. And, but something in me was realizing you need to do this. And I think that I connect with creatives that are also feeling burnt out because when I was working the nine to five job, I felt really burnt out. I mean, but, but not in like 10 years, I mean, a year or less, you know, and I feel that that was something that was odd for me because the question was, why am I burning out so quickly? You know, and that was something that I felt like I needed to, do something about. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just felt that I had to focus on it more and understand it more. That voice that you speak of, is that what we call intuition? Or would you call something else? That's a good question. Um, I guess in a way it's intuition. I mean, there's, I feel like we have all these present selves in us. And this is something that I uh, work with, with my clients and including myself. It almost feels like this voice, this self, that's a pusher. It's like a coach that's telling me to go for it, do it, don't listen to anybody else. So in a way, yeah, if you want to use the word intuition, I just, I like to create these characters in my head of understanding more about who they are, not letting them go because they are a part of us. So yeah, definitely. It might be called also inner wisdom, inner guidance. Yeah, there are so many words. That's interesting that sometimes we don't need to label what this is in order to follow, right? That, that voice. We don't have to even know what that is. What is your idea of balance, Sydney? What is to live a balanced life? Balance for me is really about decision making. So sometimes you... Usually, and when I'm working with clients of mine, I think that a lot of us think of having a balance in our lifestyle in the sense of where we're working, our personal life, relationships, which definitely is part of balance, but also part of our balanced lifestyle is our thought process. Mm. And I find that we're always indecisive with our thoughts and what we want to focus on. And I feel like that's a big part of what balance means to me. How do we manage and be able to create decision-making for ourselves? How would you describe this state of being creative? What does it look like? I find that creativity is very expansive. You know, I feel that usually we think that it's being an artist, but creativity is again, part of your thought process, those aha moments, you know, even us talking about life right now is being creative because we're, we're developing a conversation to understand another perspective and perspective is part of being creative. Mm -hmm. So, you know, usually I think that when we hear that word, it's, it's about materials and, and, you know, all that, but it's also again about, I think the question is more about what does, you know, creative mean to you? Mm, in a sense, and, and, right. and that authenticity and building that connection with yourself. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, I hope that makes sense. It's a big, it's a big question. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. So it's very unique, that expression of what creativity 
is what looks like. It depends, yeah, because we are so different. That's so true. I know there are some misconceptions about creativity, that it has to do with art and only those who are artistically gifted, they engage in creativity. But that's not true, right? We, like you said, we can be creative just by opening up our perspectives, having listening or having a conversation like this. I love that because that makes sense uh, to the heart, not just the mind. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's exactly what you said. It's the heart. And I feel that that's the heart is like the hardest part, I feel like, to teach. You have to feel it. And I think that you just nailed it. That creativity is part of that, the heart of what you're feeling. What do you think or feel is the purpose of the human experience? What do I think and feel about the human experience? That's a big one. (laughs) I think that part of the human experience, what I find to be the most important thing about the human experience is authenticity and having a relationship with yourself. Many times I feel that we're disconnected with what we're feeling, what we're thinking, what we're looking at, comparing. Mm. And that causes this disconnection with sometimes others of humans or society, as well as most importantly, disconnecting with ourselves, which is where a lot of those self-judgments come from and or judging others as well, you know? And I feel like such an important piece is being able to connect with yourself and understand yourself. However, it's very hard to do that. But when you start opening up through that human experience, you're able to, you know, you have to go deeper with yourself to understand more about who you are. But I find that that deeper connection, if you have more of a relationship with yourself, you're going to be able to accept more in society and relationships and what other people do. Yeah, I really believe that, that it's not possible to love others before you love yourself. Some guests kind of uh, try to explain to me that it is possible. Yeah, by loving others, we might be able to see the value of that and then return to ourselves and love ourselves the same way. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Oh, I'm glad that you shared that. I I mean, if I just share a personal story, I struggled with anxiety my whole I mean, my whole life. And it's something that I accepted that I do have anxiety. It's part of my life, but I learned how to manage it. And I have to say, when when you're going through stressful, or just even if you think about stress, you, certain behaviors start to come up. And, you know, you may lash out at someone, you may isolate yourself, and you subconsciously doing it. You're not super aware of it. You're not consciously aware of that. And that's where I find that it can affect relationships, environments that you're in. And so the one thing that I felt disconnected from, I was one disconnected with others, but I was also really disconnected with myself. Like I didn't respect myself, you know, and it was, it was something that I feel like I, I needed to have a relationship with myself first in order to let go of certain feelings that I had to have more of a positive relationship with others. And so I I understand, you know, I validate what they're sharing because that could be from their own personal experience. From my personal experience, I do feel like I had to 
understand me? You know, the question of who am I? And I feel like we ask that we're all figuring that out. Who am I <laughs> with everything? Yeah. And I love the way you talk about anxiety that you accept it in a way, or now you know that this is part of, of the life in you, of who you are too. Mm-hmm. You welcome that and that's okay. So you learn to mm. manage, to dance with it and sure. not try to push away because that it seems to me like that never works, trying to push away emotions or, or parts of us. So I love the way you said that about anxiety. That's okay. Yeah, to dance with it. Yeah, I like that. Dancing with it. You have to you have to support it. You have to care for it. You have to treat it like almost like an individual, yeah. you know, and yeah. and yeah. being able to understand it and know what you need to do with it. So I I like how you said it's dancing. It's yeah. dancing with anxiety, which becomes less it becomes more welcoming mm, right. and less challenging when you right place it in that way. I guess I say the word dance because it brings more lightness to the, the whole yes. idea. So it's more playful, fun in a way. Let's it's dance creative. with it. <laughs> yeah. It's creative. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah, I like yeah. that. Okay. Oh, I love that. Creativity. <laughs> That's something amazing. I do relate creativity to spirituality. Do you do mm. too, Sydney, somehow? You know, I to I think to a certain degree, I think I had to find my way with it. You know, yeah, I yeah. think that through creativity, it did open up like understanding the universe more yeah, and yeah. understanding that the universe is almost like my manager. That was um, I, I work with a mindfulness mentor and that's how he explained it to me. And, and the universe is like my manager and the and because they're my man, the universe is my manager, it's helping me build a plan. And okay. I really uh-huh. developed a trusting process with that to be more present and and allow my life to unfold the way it is, especially when I'm feeling stuck or mm. uncertain. So I could definitely feel like that is part of my spirituality. Mm, yeah, that sounds very much spiritual to me. Flowing with life, being life itself, or being, yeah, not the universe, that sounds too big, but mm. being, being life, just uh, the expression of this Ah, it's almost, I, I don't have a name for it, right? This experience of being here in a human body, it's interesting. Like, how come? How is it possible? <laughs> it really right. amazes me that we are here, like, talking, having conversations. And what an interesting, I mean, it's beyond interesting. It's actually, a, it really looks like a miracle to be able to be aware, right, of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's part of, again, being present and taking and appreciating these yeah. moments. You know, we're very, right. we're in this process like or the creative process and and you know if we just take this for example of our conversation I mean I met you through an email and that connected and then it (laughs) went into something else and then now we're here talking and you know it's it's these stepping stones that we're creating that I think is part of you know the human experience that we we're not aware of but when we break it down it's it's spontaneous it's Mm. it's appreciative it's connecting you know yeah yeah it's beautiful yeah it really is it is i mean from my perspective it's even with the ups and downs challenges whatever it's uh, yeah it amazes me to be in a human body and speaking of that what do you love most about being a human body sydney Ooh. <laughs> what I love is self-discovery. Yeah. I love 
discovering something new about myself and being very in tuned with, again, the question of who am I and that sense of belonging. And, and, and I don't mean necessarily that you have to belong in a certain community, but more about belonging to you and understanding mm-hmm. you, um, which I think is that, again, that form of authenticity. But I love learning something new about myself. And and it, maybe it's a fear of mine. Maybe it's something that's scary, but learning how to own it and embrace it and how to manage it and break it down. So it's I think self-discovery is like, you know, I imagine myself on a path in a forest and I'm just lost uh-huh. and I'm trying to explore. And uh-huh. but but it's embracing every moment on that path. Yeah, it's a it's a interesting feeling when you embrace it. Do you see a destination for that somehow that on one day we'll be able to say that that with a confidence, I know myself. Is that a destination somehow or an ongoing journey? I feel like it's an ongoing journey. I don't know if I necessarily want it to end mm, because I feel like right. you don't have control of the future. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. So something I learned was about becoming, not necessarily what you have become, because when you say that, it's like you're ending it. Yeah. But if you are exploring with I am becoming, you're always learning, you're always exploring, you're willing to see what comes next. So I I think each day I become more aware of who I am, but there's always going to be something new. And I think that's part of acceptance and and being adventurous of, of what is going to come, you know? What would be true power to you? What is true power, Sydney? No one asked me that before. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good, that's going to be fresh for me. I think that term power, though, is so big. It's almost intimidating, you know, yeah. that word power. It's like, right. ooh, I don't, I, right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I think true power, I think, again, it goes back to a power. And I know I use these terms a lot, but a connection acceptance, Mm. a sense of belonging of who you are. I I find that, and the reason why those terms come up a lot, not only because of my personal experience, but also just working with others, having conversations with others, I feel like those are big themes that we're trying to focus on or trying to understand. And I feel that one theme may overpower another. I don't know if... I see a true power. I see more of like a power balance almost. Um, Of, of, I don't know. What do you think of true power? Like what's your perspective of that? What comes to me is always this um, interconnectivity. There's the power within or the power with. Yeah, not power over or under, but power within. That always comes to me when I think about true power in a sense of maybe not even knowing myself or oneself, but going beyond that of knowledge, um, perhaps seeing that there's more to life that's unknowable. So this being the unknown, this being the uh, this magical experience that happening event, life itself. So I think mm-hmm. that's, yeah, if we can be in that space or come from that space uh, and experience mm-hmm. this in such a way, then it's 
it has to be true power. <laughs> That's what right. keeps coming to me. It's beyond knowledge, beyond knowing. It's almost like uh, dancing with the unknown and being comfortable with it. <laughs> For sure. And I think that Maybe that's like how I was feeling before when we were talking a little bit before this. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense with the power of the unknown. Like where, where are we going, you know, Mm, with the unknown? What is it that we're, and so I do, I can understand that that's true power. So I can definitely relate to that, but I'm, you know, you definitely put a thought in my mind to, to think about even after this, to explore more what that means to me. So I appreciate you asking me that. I do understand, of course, the other side, the knowing, uh, getting to know ourselves. In the sense, what comes to me is that the personality, what are the, mm. uh, what the patterns of thought patterns in biology, you mm. know, my connection with the environment and others. So that's the knowledge realm, I would say. And that's very interesting. In itself, it's beautiful. I mean, there's nothing that's not beautiful in this journey, from my perspective, on this journey. Absolutely. That's my perspective. And I have been kind of writing about these days and, yeah, more of the exploration of the unknown and being comfortable there. (laughs) I don't need to know that much. (laughs) Although knowledge is is what we do here, like the the conversations we have has to do with knowledge, which is uh, is a different kind of um, perspective. Mm. That is life that's equally valid, obviously, without knowledge, then it's impossible to have a conversation or to do anything or to connect mm. even, right? Without, right. Although it's not impossible because I do believe us, the animals and plants, nature itself, the, it communicates without language. It's always mm. saying something. Yeah. That, and I, right, in a powerful way. I like what you said, though, even just going further with the unknown. Do you find that that's where I think a lot of our fear comes from? Mm. Oh, the yeah. unknown. Oh, yeah. And I think that's yeah. interesting about that being the true power, because I think there's something about that that I think scares and intimidates a lot of us. <laughs> right, right. Um, where maybe for me, like I didn't really have a definition completely of what that meant because I'm still embracing certain fears. So maybe I'm still accepting, you know, what the unknown is, you know. So yeah. I think that you you created a interesting perspective of it, which is. I like I like your perspective. That definitely helped me understand what true power. So talk to me about the sections, the one-on-one creative sessions you provide. Um, how would you describe that? You send me a link, uh, three techniques to enhance creativity for your well-being. So you have the three components, develop a routine instructor to building mm-hmm. an inner connection I love that. Uh, Expand your creative space. So talk to me about these components and what it's like to have a session with you, Sydney. Sure. So those three components that I shared with you in in the blog post, they all end up getting integrated. You know, it's not, I mean, nothing's like linear. Everything starts to just form in a session. But sometimes what happens is I notice that when we're dealing with, you know, when I'm dealing with certain clients, they feel very lost on their path. And I want them to embrace their story and understand that this is part of their story. It doesn't define them, but it's a part of them and we're going to break it down. And so what I find again, talking about that balanced lifestyle is part of that routine and structure structure, but it's more about rest. It's not necessarily about the doing. It's more about 
what intentional activities, what mindful activities are we bringing into your space that's benefiting your well-being? So for example, you know, I love to go on mindful walks. I love to create collages um, using different art materials. That is a necessity for my routine because it's actually something that helps me feel relaxed. It reduces my stress. It helps me collect my thoughts. So I want people to focus more on the rest part because we're so focused on what we have to do. True. So the, true. I think it's part of the unknown too. It's like, if oh, I don't yes. do this, I'm not going to get X, you know? So, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's right. part of understanding that rest is being. It doesn't mm. always necessarily mean you have to go on vacation, even though that sounds wonderful and we deserve vacation. How do we make a vacation feel like home or, you know, with these intentional activities? So, that's usually what I help them with in the beginning. But then we also have, you know, I talked a little bit about these these inner selves. And these inner selves are usually the subconscious selves that we may be aware of them, but but they're not fully conscious. So, for example, you know, we have the people pleaser. You know, the people pleaser is the one that is super nice and wants to make people happy. But there's also this screaming urge of like, I'm not meeting my needs as a human. So the opposite, which is the disowned self, would be the straight talker. And the straight talker has more of this energy shift of being more blunt and direct, kind of almost seeming like the enemy in a way. And this is inspired by um, voice dialogue, which is something that I have been inspired by my mentor. But the way that we work with these cells is that we actually create it with art materials. So when you're creating it with art materials, you are developing nonverbal communication. Mm. So you're bringing those subconscious cells onto your surface. And then after you process and have a dialogue with them, and it's, kind of fun. You know, you end up creating a name for them. What do they Mm. wear? Where does it live? And you start really understanding more that we don't have to get rid of these cells. These are a part of you. It doesn't define you, but this is how you open up that self-discovery piece. Talk to me for a moment. I'd love to hear your perspective on fear. What is the best uh, method or what has been helpful when it comes to fear, facing Mm. fears? So I find that there's three steps that first you have to acknowledge the fear, but you have to acknowledge the stress relation. So you're acknowledging physical, mental, and emotional. You know, I I notice that a lot. It's very easy to sometimes acknowledge the mental and the emotional, but physical is such Mm. a big piece. I mean, I definitely realized since COVID physical symptoms of stress for me has been skyrocketing for me. Yeah. So, um, but we're just not consciously aware and stress is part of fear. We, we mm. look at stress as being normal, yeah. but it is fear and there's a subconscious feeling with it. And so I feel that once you acknowledge the, those three sensations and you can go into the next step of welcoming the fear in, it's the part where you're inviting the fear and it's where you're creating a grounding space. So this is where that creative space comes in for you to feel grounded and ready to open that door to fear and have a conversation. And once you know what you need to feel grounded, that helps you to go to the third and last step of 
of really having that dialogue, having that conversation and going deeper. And this is where people may, this is where you go deeper with the creativity. Maybe you want to write it down, you journal, maybe you have to do a mindful activity of going on a walk. Um, For me, it's collaging. And then and you even go deeper with that through meeting certain selves. So I like to create those three steps, which is a foundation. And then you go, go even deeper meeting certain selves, like the inner critic, the straight talker, the pusher, the relaxer. You know, there's there's so many, but I find that that's the best way to explain it of breaking down fear without feeling like it's another challenge in our life. Cause I understand that words, that word's scary. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah, it is. That's lovely. So anyone out there with fears, Sydney's here, <laughs> which <laughs> all of us, you're in trouble now, Sydney. <laughs> you're going to get too many clients. <laughs> we all have fears. And then I wonder if, and I love this idea of integration though, because I don't think we can become fearless. Do you believe that that's possible somehow too, to, have no fear. Honestly, I don't think so. I mean, I was just example. I mean, I was getting really nervous before this interview, you know, this conversation, I, I was so nervous and I had to embrace it to realize that this is normal, that it's okay for me to feel this way. And, and how can I challenge that fear to be excited for it? You know, because usually our mind is going, go to that fear, but I don't think, I think you can manage fear of feeling less fearful, being more calmer, but fear is always going to come up. And that's part of, again, the unknown of not being able to control the future. Mm. You know, you can't control that. So yeah, it's, it's, I don't Mm. think, I don't know, maybe someone else thinks you could be fearless. But for me, I, I think it's part of our human experience of protecting ourselves. That's why we have fear. It's a way to guard ourselves, protect ourselves of what is going to happen. So that's where I find that we can find ways to feel calmer and understand our fear, explore with it. But I don't know if we can feel, feel fearless. What is your understanding of anxiety, Sydney? How does it work when fear becomes anxiety? Do you know? No, that's, that's a great question. I believe that if people are going through anxiety, like if I take myself, for example, I have always been an anxious child. So I think it's something that has evolved over time. But the anxiety piece is subconscious. It's something that has been pressed down. So even when I had anxiety attacks and panic attacks, it the panic attack is where it had enough. It was like, it needs to come out because it was repressed. But the scary part of a panic attack is that fear of what is happening to me. What is, what's going on? But if we look at the, if we just bring back a meeting selves and we think of the one example of the inner critic, the inner critic is a self that says to you that you're not enough, that you're not capable or that it's very, it's a very stern voice that's telling you something. I actually found, and this may not make complete sense right away, but through my own journey, I have found that the cause of my anxiety is from my inner critic Mm. because so many things in my life based off of certain situations that have happened, there was always a voice saying that I'm not good enough or this is not this that led me to have these panic attacks. And that was a, but I had to meet that inner critic. I had to meet and understand it. 
which is part of that fear. So I don't find it, it's necessarily mental. I think that your body communicates stuff with you, but we're not consciously aware of our body. We're mm, always in our head. True. So yeah. once we embrace it and start to understand it, then we can see anxiety in a different way. I mean, to today I see it in a completely different way than, yeah. you know, maybe five years ago or something, you know? How does it resonate to say that I love myself unconditionally? Yeah. How do you interpret that phrase or that statement? I definitely, I use mindfulness every every day. Um, So not necessarily like meditation. I still, I'm still working on that piece. Um, But (laughs) mindfulness in the sense of, of learning how to have less judgment, that's something that once I accepted that judgment happens and also mm. how to be non-judgmental, right. that's where the compassion came from, mm. that unconditional love for myself and, and others and and just being grateful of like specific, just simple objects that are around me, you yeah. know? Yeah. But again, I think yeah. it's through self-discovery of how I found it. And I find that, I don't know if you experience this, but... I find that exploring compassion, I find it hard to teach. Like you can teach how to build it, but you can't teach the feeling of it. True. So even Mm, right now I'm having a hard time describing it. But again, I think what you said before, it comes from the heart. So Sydney, I have a few more questions for you. The ending questions, would you like to add anything that we left out? No, I think you popped another part in my mind of more about the unknown and and that control, like the, you know, we all want to control everything for the future. We even want to control the past, like having (laughs) regrets and stuff, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) it's it's learning how to let go with that. You know, it's very easy for us to say, well, you just let go. But it's, it's, I feel that part of letting go is part of embracing fear and Mm. inviting it in. And I think you said something so great that it's about learning, you know, always learning and growing of the, with the unknown. So exploring that, right. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I think that's why I imagine myself on a path in a forest because it is that it's like that inner child of bringing that adventurous joy into your life, even when mm, yeah, when yeah. it can be so scary at times. Right. So thank you for that. Yeah. My ending questions, how do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? I used to think success was, which I think is very common, like being known for something or yeah. having money, some, you know what I mean? Making sure that you're financially stable in what you do. But I really think success means to me of being just being me and ordinary, you know, mm. being able to do what I love and passionate, yeah. but being able to just be me with the, my family and friends. And I find that that is the most important thing in my life. And, and being present, I think that's something that I'm always learning and exploring how to be present, how to be grateful of my surroundings. I, and I think, yeah, it, I, and it's funny, it used to be more about I want to do this, yeah. I want to do that. But right. I think what helped me along the way of getting where I am today is being grateful and supported about who's around me and just that feeling of 
what ordinary means. You know, it's not really about the things that you've done. It's about who you are to me. So, yeah. So two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving, losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? If you asked me that maybe about a year ago, I think I would say, yes, I haven't done what I wanted to do in my life. But I feel that now that I I have such a connection with trusting the process with the unknown. And believe me, there's certain days where it can be really difficult for me, but just learning how to manage that more in my life. I have to say, I'm so grateful for the, for the people that are around me, the people that I'm learning from, that I think I actually would be okay with where I am. I feel mm. that that learning about that a journey is about becoming mm, and yeah. that it's not really ever ending. You know, something I learned about death too is, you know, from my mentor because death is, is part of the life cycle and it is scary. And it's a lot of us, especially in the American culture, we don't like to talk about it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I was taught that, you know, there's about dying and death and, and death is about like, your physical body leaving, but your essence isn't gone. Mm -hmm. So looking back at, you know, just right now of how far I am becoming, I think I would be content. I mean, I would be very scared, but there would be a sense of content Mm -hmm. and appreciative of, of people in my life. Oh, I love your authenticity. Yeah. You're so genuine and wise. I love your wisdom too. (laughs) I'm going to ask you um, a question that I never asked anyone. So this is uh, just came to me. Um, The last question. What is another word for Sydney? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Okay. So another word for Sydney. Sydney actually symbolizes meadow and it actually means meadow. So I feel like another word for me would be a field like a meadow, a field. And and the only mm. reason why I'm saying that is not because there's like an, an answer right there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. honestly, I'm so connected to nature. I'm mm. I it's where I feel the most content. I mean, even when I'm a big homebody, but I'm always surrounded by plants. And yeah. so it's something that I feel connected to. Like there's a reason why my name symbolizes right. that. Right. And I feel that in life, that's where answers are in life. You know, where we think answers are all in our head, but we're all connected to our body, what's outside, where we're exposed to. And I feel like that's another word. It's a very simple word, but in a very, it may seem bland, but Mm. I think there's a lot of meaning to that, like being out in nature, a meadow near a mountain and Uh, that beauty of life. And what you inspired me to say is that um, it it sounds like um, a healing space, a space Mm. for healing. That's what nature reminds me of, a healing space. Yeah, I love that, Sydney, that being your other name. <laughs> other oh, name, yeah, that phrase. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for being you exactly the way you are, the wisdom that you allow to flow through you, your openness, 
that um, fun, your, your presence is a lot of fun. It's very light and playful. We need more of that in this reality. Well, thanks for having a conversation with me. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your products, services, and future projects? So you can find me at mycreativerelief.com. Um, and you can also find like free content on Instagram at my creative relief. I tend to be on there the most. So wonderful. I'll have that on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye for now, Sydney. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Sydney Melnick and her work, please visit mycreativerelief.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.